Um, this is not theory. Even though we do practical every morning, we wake up every morning to pray. So we are going to shed light. Why are we doing? Are you guys the ones that killed Jesus in KICC? Why can't you just rest? Take a break. You don't have to pray every day. All right. And I will tell you what that statement means. You don't have to pray every day. I'll tell you what it means. Glory to God. Father, thank you for illumination and revelation by your spirit. We ask that you teach us. You will change us. You will equip us. We will be forever changed. Jesus alone be glorified. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen and amen. Glory to God. All right. So our new teaching series over the next few Wednesdays is titled The Air I Breathe. The air I breathe, I, in my heart, the real title I have for, for this is oxygen. That's the real title I have for this. Because the, what we're about to discuss is as critical to human existence as oxygen is to physical existence. The dependence of your spirit on prayer is all, in fact, by all means superior to the dependence of the human body on oxygen. So the big question is how important is oxygen to you? How important is oxygen to you? How important is air to you? How important is it for you to be able to breathe? And someone is saying, is it really that important? It is, it is a matter of life and death. You are designed to go only a few minutes without oxygen for you to survive and there is a point beyond which the damage being done is not even reversible it is irreversible damage which is why in and i say this not intending to get too medical or too deep with you but many people have done cpr training cpr training you know first aid basic life support it's called basic because it is essential for life it is called basic, and they teach you things like ABCs or ABCDs, depending on what guidelines you are using, airway, breathing, circulation. The whole idea is that for life to, to continue, there is a need for air to be received, transported without any interference to the lungs, for the lungs there to play a role in exchange. You bring in oxygen to get it into the bloodstream and you pick all the deoxygenation, the waste there, which is the carbon dioxide. It's not prayer. Why is it so deep? All right. And that is taken out and exhaled. All right. So when we come to God's word to discuss about prayer, we are not discussing a nice to have. We are not discussing the concept that is for a department, for the prayer team. We are not discussing what is for serious churches, only churches that have fire in their names. We have C in our name. We're a Christian center. We are not a fire, miracle, mountain service or ministry. And you kid yourself if you believe that prayer is designed for some people. They are the ones that know what they are looking for. Life is not difficult. Life is... See, we are not even talking advanced here. We are talking basic life. That if you are going to have a spirit man that is alive, I'm not even talking nourished now. Because the, the dimension of nourishment talks about feeding and the quality of the food there. But we are, we are talking about something that is essential for living here. All right, that you and I, as long as we reckon ourselves to be believers, as long as we reckon ourselves to be children of God, there is an activity that is not a nice to have. 
It is not a good to have. It is not a once in a week activity. It's not a once in a month. It's not, oh, um, I, I'll go. It, see, let me tell you what a lot of people have learned to do. They go without oxygen, spiritually speaking now, for so long. They are waiting for the last Friday of the month. When they will go to the big crusade, it will be a powerful move of the Holy Ghost. And they will pray and pray through the night, pray to the morning. In that way, it's just the way you have patients in the hospital being administered oxygen. And they take that huge dose, believing that it will sustain them. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 is going to be our anchor scripture over the next few Wednesdays. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Jesus, Jesus speaking. He says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men... Now, I do not want you to read this. I know there are a lot of men fellowship, a lot of groups of men, association of brothers, brothers pray, men pray, fathers pray. This is not gender-based. The word there, it, it actually, in the Greek, there means they always... So he grouped all of us together, all right, speaking to his own, now his own followers, that if indeed you are going to be my follower, it is important for you to understand that you ought always, somebody say always, glory to God. All right, some, some people drifted away a bit, so let's wait for them to get back. Let's wait for, yeah, it's good to have you back. Now let's do this again. Expect to them that they always, they ought always to pray. So it's, it's, it's just like someone telling you and saying that if you are human and you want to stay alive, you have to ensure that you are breathing. You have to ensure that you are breathing. You don't breathe in the morning and, and stop breathing in the afternoon. Of course, now there's going to be moments of breathing exercises or when you are taking deep breaths, there are going to be moments of special breathing. But that you are not breathing, then you are dying. And that is exactly the idea that is communicated in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. If I close my notes now and we do not cover any other point, Luke 18, verse 1 is already good enough an instruction. It says that men always, women ought always, boys ought always, young moms, dads, teenagers, young adults, children, all of us ought always to pray and not to faint this is instructive jesus here is giving us light he says when you find someone who is not praying you've not met someone who is weak you've not met someone who is prayerless as it were he says you've met someone who is dying this person is fainting in the medical world, they'll say they are hypoxic. Initial oxygen deprivation. If it, if it prolongs, then there is significant damage done there. It doesn't matter how much food delicacies you have around them. If this person can't breathe, we need to sort that out first. Airway. Breathing. Circulation. Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay, so let's make this personal now. Let's make this personal. Says, uh, let's make this personal. Let's make this personal. All right, maybe I should talk to the guys on this side. Let's make it. Are you ready? Let's make this personal. I ought always to pray. Make it personal. I ought always to pray. Tony said that's King James. King James English. Let me, let's, let's break it down. I should be praying. I should pray. I should pray in the morning. I should pray in the afternoon. I should pray at night. I should pray when I'm sleeping. I should pray when I'm awake. I should pray. I should pray. Because when I am not praying, then I am air deprived. I am oxygen deprived. 
And when I am oxygen deprived, then I am fainting. And when I am fainting, it doesn't matter how much food I am exposed to. It doesn't matter how much is going around me. If I am fainting, then I don't see clearly. I don't read clearly. I can't eat properly. I cannot enjoy health in my spiritual being because I am fainting. Child of God, prayer was never designed for you to contract, to subcontract. We don't outsource prayer because you have a prayerful pastor. Glory to God, you have a prayerful pastor. You have a prayerful head of department. The prayer department in your church, they're on fire. There's no department like them. They are constantly praying in my church. We have a 24-hour prayer chain. They pray for everybody. They call our names, first name, middle name, last name. I belong to the best church ever. That is great. However, I've come to announce to you, this is the word of Jesus to you, that if you are not praying then you are fainting. You are fainting. The big question then is, what is prayer? What is prayer? What is prayer? Many have been introduced to prayer in a way that what they learned to do was to detest it. I don't want to do this thing. This thing mommy forced me to do. This thing daddy forced me to do. It's just so boring. We are just there. You tell me to shout the name of Jesus five times and then to jump and to spin. There's this book my parents will read from. There's this book my auntie will read from. And people are just wondering, so what is prayer? What is prayer? Glory to God. Thank God we are not left in the dark as to what prayer is jesus himself god in human form all right the word that became flesh and dwelt amongst us our perfect example epitomized what prayer was he didn't leave it to chance he didn't he didn't assume that we would know what prayer is because by our and i gave us an assignment i gave us an assignment on sunday i hope you did your assignment we have a sermon preached a couple of months back on unanswered prayer the myth called unanswered prayer and we gave an attempt to define what prayer is one definition today i'll give you seven solid definitions all right or seven solid foundations that your prayer life must be built upon so you know that when i'm praying this is what i'm doing when i'm praying this is what i am doing and what we established in that first part is that prayer is not about our will prayer is not a way by which i get my will done Prayer is not a way by which I twist heaven to get my own way. No, that's not prayer. That's not prayer. Prayer is the avenue by which his own will and his own counsel is established. And what happens is that I receive peace knowing his will, not insisting on my own will. Mm. Mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. I recall from that teaching, you'll be shocked. I had to go listen to it myself also. We said prayer is maximizing fellowship. And based on maximizing fellowship, we enforce dominion. We enforce dominion. Child of God, I can tell you categorically that God's will for you from the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, 26, all the way to 28. It says, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Luke 18 verse 1. Let them pray. If not, they are fainting. If they are not having dominion, then they are being dominated. The bridge there for the child of God to ascend into their rightful place in God's master plan is to unlock the power of prayer. Somebody say glory to God. 
All right, so let's begin to tie this up. This is just an introduction. Next week, Wednesday, by God's grace, we will go down into the first kind of prayer. I, I, I want to encourage you. You are going to enjoy this series. We are going to look into scripture and we'll find some model prayers, prayers that received everyone's attention. And we will dissect those prayers to see what they contain. We will look at the anatomy of those prayers, break it down. And because these, these, these things are there for us as an example, it's not just tales by moonlight, by moonlight. It's not just stories. It's not just cool stuff. This is the guiding light for our lives that you can pattern your life according, according to this. You can build according to this pattern and then you'll see great things happen in your life. Somebody say glory to God. All right, before we zoom into what prayer is, let me walk you through a couple of things that prayer is not. Please open your heart and receive this as God's word. I know some of us have some interesting backgrounds and we lived in places where what they practiced was not pure Christianity. What they practice is adulterated Christianity. It's a mix of Christianity and native, native animist religions. And it's amazing that these guys understand priesthood. But it's not priesthood unto God. So they have ways of navigating the supernatural. God is the, is for many, many in, in those places, God is the long-term plan. And then for the short-term plan, we know what we do. We know the gods we bow to. We know the idols we worship. We still call God God. is God over those idols. But since he takes time, we know the ones that can answer us quickly. So when we want to know what 2021 will hold, we know the places we go to. We might call them prophets, but we know they are not prophets of God. We might call them pastors, but we know that these ones don't know God. All right? But then they, are, they also see. They see in the supernatural. So once they see, it's fine. We still give glory to God for seeing for us through them. All right? So many have been brought up in such environments, and they've been told, you just go. We will, we will pray for you. We will do it for you. You are traveling? Don't worry. The journey is okay. We have prayed for you. Oh, he's going to school now? What's the name of his school? Give us. Ah, don't worry. Let him go to school. Oh, she's getting married now. Ah, good, good, good. Bring their name. Ah, be the best. He will be the best. He will be the best. Yes, he will be the best. Let them go. Another time, say, ah, no, 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 no. That travel, you want to travel? Don't travel. Ah, don't travel. There's no scripture. This is how you know it's not God. There's nothing at all. There's no scripture to back the travel or don't travel. It's just what the idols say. Of course, I'm, I'm opening this book because it's the one with me. This is an anointed book. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. All right, so many who have grown up in such environments were never really inspired to pray we're only inspired to consult gods but not to pray and prayer if there's anything you want to start settling prayer is about relationship prayer is about intimacy prayer is about fellowship prayer is something you want to do for long you want to do deeply you want to get grounded ingrained in it glory to god so what is prayer not number one prayer is not a tool to beg Prayer is not a tool to beg. Or, or let, me, let, me, let me rephrase this. Prayer in the new covenant. We have a 
better covenant. We have a superior covenant now that has been given to us by access through Christ. It tells us that based on that covenant that is founded on better promises, we can come boldly. All right, so for the believer, for the New Testament construct of prayer, the, the kind of prayer that Jesus exemplified. And this is going to become clearer now because there are a lot of things we've modeled together. Part of what I'm trusting the Spirit of God to help us is to shine surgical light, all right, on some of these things that have been so modeled up together. And in, 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 by the last Wednesday of every month, we will dedicate maybe 20 or 15 minutes just to answering questions, frequently asked questions about some of the things we've discussed. Prayer is not a tool to beg. Prayer is not a tool to beg. In the new covenant, we are not coming to some mysterious deity. Jesus in Luke 11, and we'll get there, he says, when you pray, you say, our father. All right, so we have not come there as it were to, to, to beg or to appeal to. Remember at the Mount uh, Carmel contest, Elijah was teasing the prophets of Baal. He was teasing them, but they didn't see it as teased because that was how they appealed to the idols. He said, maybe your God has traveled far. Shout louder. He said they started slashing and cutting themselves. That is what we see in idol worship. All right, they appeal and beg their deities and do all sorts of positionings and theatrics, hoping that this deity of theirs will have mercy on them and do their bidding. But we have not come to that. We have come to Mount Zion. We have come to the city of the living God. We have come to the church of the firstborn. So the innumerable company of angels, we are coming to the Father. So enjoy fellowship. And then based on that, to execute dominion. Somebody say glory to God. Number two, prayer is not, you don't even need to write this down. I'll tell what prayer is, is the one you need to write down. All right. So this one, as we are shining light on it, just get it out of the way. I am not a beggar. I have a father. I am not a prodigal son. I'm not a prodigal daughter. And we are not a prodigal ministry. We've not sent ourselves. We are not begging the God. No. He's our father. He has sent us. It, the, the resources of our kingdom are always available for kingdom assignment. Glory to God. Prayer is not a tool for manipulation. Pre and we're going to, I said we'll come to questions later. Prayer is not a tool for manipulation. Prayer is not, there's so much smoothie, smoothie religion. It's crept into the church. You find people say things like, oh, I'm trusting God for a promotion. Pastor, please pray for me. And hold your hands by the leading of the spirit you receive a scripture i agree with you be it unto you but the people who have learned alternate priesthood because of the way they do it on the other side so what's the name of your boss the name of my boss is jack robinson jack robinson write it on a sheet of paper and give it to me you to write your own 12 midnight i'll write jack robinson I'll put it on the floor. I will stand on it. Wherever you are, set your alarm. Wake up. If you wake up 12.01, it will not work. Can you see that's not already? That's not God. Already. Already, that's not God. If it's 12, it won't work. Maybe it's 12, midnight. I'm jumping where I am. You are jumping where you are. We say, Jack Robinson. This is already sound like, like those movies. You must promote, you must promote me. And you'll be shocked. People still want to do that today. They come to church, say, Pastor, I'm trusting God for favor. This is the person I want to marry. 
I want to marry. Remember what we said, prayer being about his will. This person, pastor, pray. This is the one I want to marry. Just come out plain to pastor. Pastor, do you do see and love? See and propose? <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Prayer is not a tool for manipulation. We don't use prayer to bend heaven. We don't use prayer to bend people. Yes, it is true, scripturally, that the heart of the king is in God's hands. It says, like streams of water, he directs with us soever. So it is, there's a thing called God sensitizing your helpers. It is scriptural, all right? But we don't bend, we don't manipulate with prayer. No, we don't do that. Prayer is not an avenue for revenge. Prayer is not, and I know someone is struggling with this. Trust me, this series will be thorough. We will get to spiritual warfare. And we will talk about that. Prayer is not an avenue for revenge. Prayer is not the believer's way to have the final say. We sing that song a lot. Many times we don't mean it. Who has the final say? It is Jehovah, not you. It is Jehovah, not you. He has the final say. It says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You see some people praying and you will imagine that if God, the, the ideal answer to their prayer is death to that person. Ideal answer. Child of God, that is witchcraft, that is not prayer. Prayer is not an avenue for revenge. It is not. Far from it. Far from it. Far from it. Glory to God. And the last one, because of our time, there are a million things we can say prayer is not, but we need to spend time, what exactly then is prayer? The last one we want to talk about. Prayer is not just you speaking into the atmosphere. You just wake up in the morning. Today is a good day. Today is a good day. I am worthy and I am special. I am deserving of good opportunities. Okay. Good opportunities come my way. I, I bring positive energy. I carry positive vibes only. Nothing negative comes my way. In whose name? We're, we're just checking. Are, are you done? What's, in what authority? Who signed that? declaration is it your guru or your yoga master or your your pastor or your prophet or what what exactly have you just done you you just spoke into the atmosphere then that's not prayer that is not prayer that is not prayer glory to god glory to god luke 18 verse 1 he speak unto them that they ought always to pray and not to faint. Always to pray and not to faint. If you are not praying, you are fainting. If what you've been doing is all of this, you are fainting because you've not been praying. You've not been praying. You've not been praying. Child of God, I want to encourage you. This is not burdening by the time you discover love and intimacy it's 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 almost like you're falling in love with someone when you are in love you want to talk to them you want to tell them everything you are talking to them on the phone as you drop the call you are facetiming them you are seeing their face as you are done the same you we are literally talking now then you are tagging them on instagram oh i saw this and i found it really funny you are laughing you are giggling together you know there's there's no time that is too long together 
the, the urgency that you want to get to in Jesus' name, we are praying fast, is proof that there is no relationship. It's a chore. It's a chore. 5 a.m., if I don't wake up, they will wake me. If I don't wake up, they will notice I didn't wake up. We are just waiting. For the Lord is good. Not because you know the Lord is good. It just means we've ended. Let's just get to 6, six, six o'clock and just finish this thing. It's a chore. And I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that you will graduate from prayer being a chore to it being your life's oxygen. That you will enjoy it more than ever before and that the Spirit of God will lead you into deeper realms of glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. So what exactly is prayer? I'm going to walk us. I think I numbered it in my book here. I think I have seven points that will run through maybe over the next seven minutes. Someone is saying, PD, we know you're joking. All right, but let's see how well we can do with our time. All right, seven things that you must know and remember about prayer. And then from next week, Wednesday, by God's grace, if Jesus tarries, we begin to break this down, all right? Precept upon precept by unveiling, we'll zoom in on the prayer of thanksgiving first from next week wednesday number one thing that prayer is remember our first working definition is that prayer is an avenue it's a spiritual discipline for maximizing fellowship and then enforcing dominion enforcing dominion the first thing i want these ones you can write down the first thing i want you to remember and please child of god do not forget this prayer is effective priesthood Prayer is effective priesthood. What that means is that there is ineffective priesthood. The best way I can explain this is to tell you that the spiritual realm is a real realm. The spiritual realm is a real realm. And before life is physical, life is first spiritual. Now, whether you choose to be in denial whether you choose to be naive, whether you choose to be ignorant, doesn't change the fact or the reality that life is essentially spiritual. Somebody say glory to God. So if life is first spiritual, if we as beings who reckon, which is why scripture tells us not to reckon after the flesh, because things are first spiritual before they are physical, plenty and progress is first spiritual before it is physical. All right, 2021 is first spiritual before it is physical. What that means is that for anything to be effectively and efficiently transferred, or let me use the word transported from the spiritual realm into the physical realm, then there's going to be a need for a priest to arise. Now, many priests arise, many priests are navigating the spiritual. There are games that you can order online, there are places you can visit, there are prophets and so called places that they can tap into the supernatural for you. They can tell you about tomorrow. They can tell you about next week. They can tell you about all sorts. I can tell you those are illegal and those are ineffective ways to navigate that spiritual realm. What the Bible teaches us as effective priesthood for you and for me is God's will for us that through the instrumentality of prayer, you and I can navigate into that realm. All right, and, and, and I'm hoping that when we get to the prayer of intercession, by God's grace, I think it's February, all right, 
you will begin to see the, 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 the duties of an effective priest. The duties of an effective priest. For those writing Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6. And hath made us, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. This is deep. It says we are not just random kings that make decrees. We are not just priests that represent, all right, before God. It says our priesthood is unto God, not unto gods. We are not consulting funny spirits and funny demons to learn what tomorrow knows. Let me tell you, and for anyone who is under the sound of my voice who was brought up in such a system where you have a track record of consulting smaller gods, let me tell you, their information is limited. It might look as though God, the God of Israel, the, the true God is slow, but he has full information. I just needed someone to get that. Their information is... The, the Bible tells us that if they had known, they would not have crucified. So they know a lot, but their lot is very little. You cannot bank your life on someone that has a track record of failure. Stop doing business with the devil. If you are mixing Jesus with something else, child of God, it's time for you to repent. If you are in a place where what is called prayer is actually witchcraft, calling people's names and manipulating their destinies, using tools and mixing all sorts. No, God's will, God's desire for you is to be a king, to arise in the fullness all right, of your design, to be one who issues decrees and also to rise into your position as a priest such that you can come bold into the place of a prayer, of a, of, of a superior being and based on relationship, you can begin to make I wanted to say, make. But what you are making determines what kind of prayer it is. So we'll get there. Somebody say priesthood. Somebody say priesthood. Prayer is our tool for legitimate and effective priesthood. There are many priests and there are many priesthoods. But if they are not priests unto God, hmm? don't go that route, please. Please, child of God, don't go. It's not for you. It's not for you. God doesn't want you getting burnt. Of course, when you run back to him, his arms are open. But don't run back with arms burnt. Run back needing him. Say, Father, have mercy on me. I need you genuinely. Prayer for me has always been like a chore, but now I'm learning that it's relationship. Teach me how to love you. I don't know. I don't know how to love you. Teach me by your spirit how to love you. I just want to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I go today, take me, bring me back. Amen. And I'm done. But there has to be more. If this is oxygen, I don't breathe for 30 seconds and expect to, to, to be fit throughout the day. Nobody does that. Glory to God. Number two, because of our time, prayer is intimacy with the Father. Prayer is our avenue for intimacy with the Father. Prayer is our avenue for intimacy with the Father. Luke chapter 6 verse 12. Luke 6 verse 12. Child of God, settle this. Prayer is not about needs. Prayer is not about wants. Prayer is not about requests. All those things are secondary. Prayer is first about relationship. Why? Because the Bible tells us in multiple scriptures. I'm reading Luke chapter 6 verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain. He found a secluded place where there was no disturbance. He says, and he continued all night. 
he continued all night in prayer to God. This is someone who understands this is my oxygen. This is me, the, 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 what, the, what I've come to do, the purpose that I've come for. It's just the way I'm speaking to you for this year, 2021. Everything God has said he will do, he will do. There is nothing that is outside his purview. It's not beyond his ability. He's just saying, I, I, cannot, I cannot fulfill my, world, my word with people who are fainting. Everyone is hoping that you and I in this year, like never before, will arise and rediscover prayer. Not as a chore that pastor forces us to do. Not as something that the prayer department is kind of going with bells and knocking. At, Have you prayed? Did you pray? No. But as something that I've come to realize that my life essentially depends on this. Jesus, the king of glory. The one who made the entire universe. The one who called all things to be spending all night. Child of God. We need to wake up. Jesus, I'm wondering, what's he saying all night? What's he saying all night? He's enjoying intimacy with the Father. That's what he's doing all night. The, the, the disciples, as much as they knew Jesus loved people and they had compassion for people, they could see that his number one priority was time spent with the Father. He will trade every other thing, leave everything, everything. They're, Master, there are one million people waiting for you. Let them wait. Pastor, the church is ready. We need to let them wait. I'm not a showman. I am not an entertainer. I can only deliver what I have received. I need to spend time. Child of God 2021, let it not be another year for you. Let it be a year of prayer for you, a year of intimacy. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. I always I say this publicly without any shame. I say this publicly that if there is an account in the Gospels, I, I just feel like Luke is my colleague. Glory to God. All right, we know he was a medical doctor that wrote the book of Luke. He wrote the book of Acts. He chronicled those books. Let's not say he wrote because he actually investigated, all right, and documented these realities for Theophilus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Luke 11, verse 1 and 2. We'll come back to this shortly. He says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place. So this is what he did. This was his life. This is what you would find him doing. If, if he was not with people, if he was not healing the sick, if he was not raising the dead, if he was not chastising the Pharisees, glory to God. If he was not somewhere doing the bidding of the Father, then it was time, he was spending that time with the Father. Out of God, you can't do his will without spending time with him. You will struggle. And you will make the world, the world say that he is not real, that he is not true. Because you are fainting. You are fainting and you are telling us your God gives life. If he gives life, you show us life. You are fainting. Fainting. Men are always to pray. They came to him. They, they, they literally waited for him. I'm reading this and I'm wondering, Jesus did not rush these guys. He didn't say, come and pray with me. Come on, repeat after me. Whatever I'm saying, say. He, he, he knew that they would pray. He knew there was a time coming that they would pray. And didn't they pray? Boy, didn't they pray? He says, these men have turned the world upside down. Didn't they pray? They waited in the upper room, praying, praying. They had watched the master do it. Even though when he was doing it, they didn't like it. They're like, man, what's this guy doing? What's he always doing? What's he always doing? Where is he always going? But he taught them. And boy, they prayed. They prayed. I've come to announce to you, as a believer, you have no success. You have no power outside of prayer power. Number one, prayer is effective priesthood. He says, Lord, teach us to pray. 
John taught his disciples this thing. What's this, what's this special way that you communicate with the supernatural? What, what exactly is this thing? We, we, we know that there's, a, there's, a, there's an Old Testament version where it involved praying to this being. You offer a lot of sacrifices. You try to be in his good books. And you know all of those. But what you are doing is different. This is different. That one, we don't do it for long. It's a recitation. It's a recitation. You repeat. And there are people who still do that today. Their entire prayer life is a recitation. You can say I'm really flaunting this book because I want you to win one. <laughs> I want you to win one. Glory to God. A prayer is not a recitation. You wake up at 12 midnight and you read Psalm 91. You read Psalm 2. Then when you are done, you now put the prayer book under your pillow so that it can be diffusing into the spirit realm. Through your pillow. Verse 2. Luke 11 verse 2. And he said unto them, when you pray, I think personally, that's one of my best Best, best phrases in that statement. He didn't say if you pray. He, he was, I'm sure Jesus almost looked at them and said, guys, I'm going to the mountain to pray and I'm leaving you here. And you think you're enjoying. You guys are sleeping and praying. You think you're the one enjoying. Jesus said, okay, I'm about to be done. You will pray. And he told them, he says, when you pray, you say, our father, when you pray, not if, not peradventure, when you pray, our Father. Prayer is intimacy with the Father. Number three point, number three point, prayer is a necessity for every believer. I think we said this at the beginning. Prayer is a necessity for every believer. Prayer isn't a nice to have. Prayer isn't a departmental activity. If you reckon as a child of God, the day you become born again, you've signed up for a relationship. The day you become born again, You've signed up for a relationship. The day you become born again, you've signed up for a relationship. Mm. Acts 9.11. Acts 9.11. Mark 11.24. Prayer is a necessity. Prayer is my oxygen. Prayer is my essential. It's not, a, it's not an elective course. Prayer is a core requirement. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray. You can see that again. When you pray. He says, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He's telling you and I here that when you pray, when you pray whatsoever, that is within the confines of his will, within the confines of his unlimited grace, all right, within the confines of his spiritual blessings within the confines of his supernatural abilities within the confines of his divine exemptions he's saying that when you pray when you pray believe but the key word there is that you will pray you will pray you will pray you will pray i can hear the questions on some of your hearts and we'll answer them you'll be shocked at how clearly i have heard your thoughts some of you will be very shocked the lord as i was preparing this the lord was laying questions that you are asking on my heart. So when I'm asking them, when I'm answering them, you will agree indeed that this supernatural realm is real. It is real. It is real. Acts chapter 9 verse 11. Acts chapter 9 verse 11. May I suggest to you, child of God, please do not compare your scripts and your notes with another person's notes and with another person's journey. 
It's just the way as a church, part of what the Lord has told us to do is way before 2021 in preparation for this season, the Lord told us as a church to be praying every day, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Now, 5 a.m., most people, most majority of persons are asleep. But the Lord has asked us to not just be awake, all right, but to spend time doing priesthood, to spend time doing intimacy, to spend time emphasizing this necessity. Why is he doing that? Because he has seen what lies ahead of us. Now, the reason I'm saying this is depending on what lies ahead of you, do not compare yourself with someone that nothing lies ahead of them. You can say, oh, PD, I know this church. They don't even pray as much as we do. And see, look how the wonderful things they are doing. Well, wonderful is not in your power to define. The fact that they have blinks doesn't mean that they are where they are meant to be. And to their master, they will give account. But I'm saying to you, to you, depending on the greatness of the destiny that is ahead of you, you will pray. And we know what God is doing with us in this ministry. We are not just raising pet, we are not raising daycare. This is not a one million man daycare. We are talking of, a, of an army of giants. Glory to God. Glory to God. We are raising champions, taking territories. We are raising people that can pray, people that can fast, people that can take a city. One man, one woman that can go in there and you can decree this place is now for Jesus. Not people will be calling headquarters every five minutes. PD, ha, you didn't tell us so. We can't tell you everything. But the Spirit of God can teach you all things. Acts 9, 11. And the Lord said unto him, Arise. This is, this is Jesus appearing in a vision to Ananias after he had arrested Saul on the way to Damascus. He says, Arise, go into the street, which is called Straight, inquire in the house of Judas for one called Source of Tarsus. He says, Paradventure, glory to, I love this. He said, When you get to that house, you might find many people there. I don't know. He says it's the house of Judas, so we don't know how many other people are there, but maybe there's this guy named Judas that lives there. All right? It's, it's, a, it's a place where maybe we had a couple of believers. He's saying when you get there, you might find somebody scrolling on Instagram. You might find another one checking Facebook. You might find one watching Netflix. You might find one who is just saying, I must finish this. You know that people will brag, I finished 24 in one sitting. Finished it once. Game of Thrones, I can tell you the plot. I know it more than those who wrote it. And they are bragging and boasting. <laughs> Jesus says, you will get to the house. You see folks doing different things. He said, but there's one that I've called for a special time. There's one that I've anointed to be a, a voice to the Gentiles. You won't find him sleeping. You won't find him just languishing away on social media. He says, the way you will find this one is praying. I thought he was just born again yesterday. Yes. I thought this church, these people making noise. Didn't they just start like last week? <laughs> he said, but they pray. But they pray. But they pray. He says, you, you might find many in that city. You might find many in this, in this street called Straight. You might find a million souls there. In fact, I don't know what the options or the chances are. Maybe there's someone else from Tarsus who is also a namesake called Saul. He says, but the one that my, my calling is upon, he prays. You'll find him. He's praying. Number one, prayer is effective priesthood. Number two, intimacy with the Father. Number three, a necessity for every believer. Number four, prayer is a potent weapon for the believer. 
Prayer is a potent weapon for the believer. Prayer is a potent weapon for the believer. Prayer is a potent weapon for the believer. What that means is that this oxygen is not just something you breathe in to stay awake and to stay alive. It's saying that if you are going to be strengthened and healthy enough to ward off infections, to ward off diseases, to ward off attacks, to ward off assaults, I'm, I'm using a physical example now to paint a spiritual reality. You don't just need this oxygen just to be healthy, but you need it to be, to be fit enough to withstand these attacks. Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 to 13. Ephesians 6, we're, we're grateful for God, for the book of Ephesians, and for what Paul went through in the book of Acts, Paul tells us that he saw some beasts in Ephesus. Thank God for those beasts that he experienced, because imagine a Bible without Ephesians, without the book of Ephesians, wow, or without a chapter like chapter 6. He says from verse 10, finally, my brethren, this is instructive. This is instructive. You know, I could literally just stay on the first word, finally. This finally is firstly for a lot of believers. Their entire faith, their entire Christian experience is built on warfare. They are in permanent warfare. Permanent warfare. It is true that we are in a permanent warfare, but we have not been called to permanently fight. Okay, we will get to spiritual warfare in a couple of months. And you will see exactly what scripture teaches. It's not theatrics. It's not volume. It's not how much you can spin or how much you can clap. The demons can join you in clapping. You are clapping, they are clapping, and they are not going. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Finally, it means there are some things you should have settled before this. All right, this almost reminds me of the series we just concluded, uh, Signed, Sealed, Delivered. Before you start getting to power, before you start getting to authority, before you start getting to executing dominion, there are many things sorted already. You've already received forgiveness of sins. You've received justification by faith. Your identity is in no doubt there. And you have oxygen. You have oxygen. You've, you've eaten food. It now says, finally. Verse 11 says, put on the old armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now it goes in verse 12 to tell us. It says, we do not wrestle. This war isn't physical. That's what verse 12 means. This war isn't physical. It says it's against principalities, against powers, against rulers of ignorance. I love to see, anywhere you see darkness in your Bible, learn to read it as ignorance. It will mean new, it will, it will challenge you in a new way. Rulers of ignorance of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13 now says, Wherefore, take unto you the complete armor of God. You can't pick one. You don't pick one. And you, it's, just, it's just as though you have tools scattered. And you say, well, I have a knife. You grab a gun. You take a drone. You use this, you use that. He's saying that for victory, and we'll come to this. You know, this is just an introduction. We are laying the bricks. He says, if you are going to see victory, you will need the all armor that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. But he tells us here that child of God, your victory over this assault of the enemy is in standing because we already have the victory. We'll get to this in detail. We get, please do not assume you've learned anything about spiritual warfare from what we've said today. You've not. We'll break it down shortly. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 6, let's jump back to jump down to verse 18. So he lists a couple of things, and there is a tendency for you and I to think that what is listing are the only weapons. He tells us that the reason why your breastplate, why your helmet, why your loins, why your feet, the reason why this armor will work is because you will do the most important part, which is in verse 18 and verse 19 and verse 20. It says, praying always. Many people don't get to this part. They stop at verse 17. All right, I have, I have the old armor. Hey, hey, he. Woo! It says, praying always with all prayer, which is what we'll be launching into all prayer. It says, and supplication in the spirit. We'll get to this shortly. It says, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. It says, in addition to that, pray for me also that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that I dare may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Somebody say, pray in all ways. Come on, say it again. Pray in all ways. Let me tell you, if you are sleeping properly and if you are doing the right thing, you discover that you, you pray to sleep and you pray awake. You pray to wake up. Somebody say, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. It is true. It is very real. It is very real. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right. We're almost there now. We're almost there. I need to, I need to hurry up a bit now. Prayer is effective priesthood. Prayer is intimacy with the Father. Prayer is a necessity for every believer. Pray, prayer is a potent weapon for the believer. Prayer is the highest proof of dependence and humility. Prayer is the believer's highest proof of dependence and humility. What exactly does that mean? It means that persons who are not praying, even though they are faint, is telling us that the real root cause of that lack of prayer, which is not necessarily prayerlessness, the real cause of that fainting is pride. Many people do not like to hear this, but if you know the secret of your help and you, you refuse to receive that help, then you are either under serious, serious attack or you are extremely proud or both. And that pride will lead to destruction. It will lead to a great fall. If you are not praying, can I announce to you, you are proud. If you don't think it is important, I mean, in the family where God has planted you, this is not for everybody now. But for those of us in KICC Canada, this is the family God has planted you. If you are not joining us corporately to pray, then you are proud. You are saying, somehow, I will be sorted out. The people that are really, really, that their life is, that <laughs> people that need urgent intervention, me, I'm fine. And I'm praying to you that the, your, your motivation to discover prayer will not be the challenges of life in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. I pray for you that your, motiv your, your motivation to discover the power of prayer, it will not be the challenges of life in the name of Jesus. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. Talking about my people. My people. The ones called by my name. 
the ones that have received my authority, the ones I've given power to, the ones that I've given dunamis to, the ones that I've given kratos to, the ones I've given iskos to, the ones that can operate with my exousia, with my authority. What language is he speaking? We'll listen to the last series. Glory to God. He says, if they will humble themselves, Jesus is telling us when they pray in the old covenant, he says, if these ones will understand that it takes humility to pray, to, to, to acknowledge that I don't know what I'm doing, I need you. I don't know 2021, I need you. The experts, the greatest life coaches, the greatest futurists, all their predictions, they've missed the mark excellently. I can only go back to the one who has an excellent track record. Say, teach me, help me. In fact, at some point, you acknowledge the limits of your understanding. Say, I would rather communicate in the language of, of the Spirit. I won't do this for one hour. I won't do this for two hours. I won't suggest to myself that I know how long I should do this. He said, we don't even know what. We'll get there. We'll get there. Glory to God. Glory to God. Number six. Number six is very important. If you've not been following, I want you to note number six. We are wrapping up now. Number seven, and we tie this up and pick up next week by God's grace. Number six. Prayer is the believer's greatest agency for change. I can say this 10 times. Prayer is the believer's greatest agency for change. Prayer is the... All right. Many people are saying, what does this mean? We live in a world where, especially in this part of the world, there's a, there's a line of occupation called lobbying. If you want to get things done, you understand the multi-stakeholders involved in decision-making. And, and it is understood that this is not a war you will win with facts alone. And I'm saying this with caution because this is how the world under the sun works. All right? It is believed that before you can make a case, for example, that I, I don't want to, 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 to step on any toes here, so let me not use any examples. But I'm sure you understand what I mean by lobbying. Lobbying is like it's. It is a legitimate agency for change that you have a, a policy group that will advance a certain interest and they will do what is called advocacy. Advocacy is we are shining light on this matter. Example. Okay, let me just give an example that I believe is neutral enough. Homelessness. All right, you come to a city like Ontario, to a nation as blessed as Canada, and there are going to be advocacy groups saying we have not, no reason with the prosperity we have in this nation, to still have people in the thick of winter sleeping outside at minus 30 degrees when we have empty hotel beds at night. At some point, humanity and, and, and dignity has to prevail that this problem should not continue. And they say, we've heard. We've heard. Another advoc advocacy there is that insistence. Something has to be done. Something has to be done. All right? And after a while, beyond lobbying is people power. And people power is where tools like social media and hashtags now come to play. End homelessness now. End homelessness now. And all you just did is one influencer to retweet it. Boom! The thing takes flight. End homelessness now. End homelessness now. Then there are now calls in Ottawa. There are calls in provincial level. Then there is now mobilization for change, all right? That is because the rules of men would require lobbying and advocacy and mass people movements to drive change, all right? But not so for the child of God. The child of God's principal agency for change is prayer. It is not hashtag. 
And I need to say this because believers, sometimes you neglect your true power and you think your power is your phone. Yes, there's power in your human advocacy, but you come from a realm where decisions there affect the natural. If there is anything you are truly passionate about, then you pray about it. Don't just tweet about it. Mm. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Let's go to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Or for those writing down, maybe because of my time, I will not read it in detail. Acts chapter 12 from verse 1 to 5. Acts chapter 12. It tells us, error that killed James. He made a lot of people happy. And then he took Peter too. The plan was to kill Peter. Child of God, let me say this. Prayer is enforcing God's will. Having prayed, having prayed, having prayed to, to the point of victory, then at that point we can, we can accept outcomes as God's will. If you have not prayed, you have no right to say, maybe this, no, this, there's no maybe. In prayer, we enforce the will of the Father. Now, the church discovered that maybe we slept on this James issue. Maybe we, we, we tried to do hashtag free James, free James, free James, and there was no free James. Free James wasn't working. It says Peter has been captured now. Verse 5 tells us that he, he was preparing him for the right time. He had respect for their traditions. All right. He, he was waiting for that feast to be over. All right. If you can put it to verse 5 for me. But it says that he was waiting there for a time where Peter also will be executed. Where Peter also will be execu executed. But he tells us something different this time. The church didn't use lobbying. The church didn't use hashtags. The church discovered our real power is prayer. The church prayed. Now, having prayed, if there was anywhere in God's will, where it was the time for Peter to be taken home, so be it. But that we will not pray, only to discover that our prayer could have changed an outcome, then we must pray. Child of God, you can see why the, the promises in Scripture are organized on the assumption that you will pray. Your refusal to pray is making this word look like a lie. Peter could have died and gone. He'll be in the presence of his maker only that it was not his time yet. My question to you is that what is it not time yet for? Just because you didn't pray. Or what is it time yet for? Just because you didn't pray. Number six. I said there's number seven. It's number seven. Maybe we should keep number seven. Maybe we should actually keep number seven till next week because it's a good place to start next week from. It's a good place to start next week from. I know you've been blessed this evening. I know you've been blessed this evening. Just one prayer point this evening. God, I don't want to be a PhD holder in prayer. I want to be a person who is not fainting. Teach me to pray. That's the one prayer. Teach me to pray. I'm happy I'm now able to finally do one hour of prayer. Thanks to the corporate prayer. Thanks to the corporate prayer. I can now do one hour of prayer. But it tells me my master, the one I'm looking to, the author and the finisher, Hebrews 12, there. It tells us that my master, he did it all night. He didn't do it with a group by himself. Until you as a believer, you can do all night in intimacy like your father. All night doing spiritual advocacy. Like Jesus, that we are not there yet. Teach me to pray. I don't want the circumstances of life to teach me. Child of God, you're saying you can't fast. And I'm telling you, may you not see what will push you. There are people who have done 40 days, not out of love, it's out of need. The emergency, the urgency. There are people who are praying 
Three hours, four hours, not out of love, not, not seeking intimacy. They are seeking intervention. But you can find love. You can find intimacy. Teach us to pray, Lord Jesus. Spirit of the living God, teach us to pray. We have received your word. This is our very air. This is the air we breathe. This is our oxygen. We don't want to faint. It's our year of plenty. It's the year is young. We don't want to sleep the year away. We don't want to eat the year away. We want to find purpose in you. We want to rediscover prayer power. We want to rediscover intimacy with you. Teach us to pray. 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 Teach us kingship. Teach us priesthood. Teach us intimacy. Teach us. Teach us change in the spirit. Teach us divine supernatural advocacy. That a man can go on their knees. A woman can go on their knees and change the destinies of cities. Change the destinies of families. That we can learn to begin to navigate and to insist on heaven's calendar in the earth. Because a man prayed for I sought one. I sought one. I sought one. I sought one. We will pray that my people will rise up and not just talk about prayer but we'll pray not just talk about power but we lay hold of my power teach us to pray spirit of the living God it is unto the father we have come unto the father unto the father thank you gracious father I want to pray with someone before we round up this evening you know you are not born again there is no basis for relationship or for someone you think you are born again but you are hearing all of this and I say where have I been my entire life I've never heard it said like this before. I just thought prayer was what we did before we ate food or before we traveled so that the plane won't drop or so that the food won't poison us. I thought, that was, I thought prayer was all we did to start the service. Now I am rediscovering the meaning of this relationship I have. He's saying, PD, pray for me. Pray, it, it, I feel like I'm starting this journey again. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. If the year is young, one of the best decisions you can do is to find him or if you found him before to rededicate your life and your journey and to say father if you need a man if you need a woman if you need one person i am here but you need to come in first you need to enter in father for your sons your daughters making this decision to come back home to receive this gift of salvation by faith i ask father that you invade their space fill them with your spirit a spirit of grace and supplication let it rest upon us that we will not waste away our lives. We will not prove you unfaithful. We will not make the world to look down on our God because of our fainting. But we arise as people of prayer and power. Thank you, gracious Father, because it is done. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. In Jesus' name. Come on, come on. Wherever you are, if you can, jam those hands together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.